0: Welcome to the IT Smart Guy podcast, a technology podcast aimed at the modern business owner. And here's your host, Tony Edwards. Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the IT Smart Guy podcast, the tech-based podcast for the modern business owner. I'm Tony and it's Christmas. Well, very, very nearly. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about Google's antitrust settlement the Insomniac Game Studio hack, and also some tech problems going on at the NHS. We're then going to go on to the brain dump, and I'm going to talk about some things you should consider checking before you close your business for Christmas. Finally, as always, I've got a tip of the episode. So have about happy jump straight into the news. Let's look at what's happening in the news. Google and some US states have had a bit of a disagreement. They've been accusing the tech giant of being a bit too bossy with its Play Store on Android phones. Well, the um, argument has been settled and Google are making some changes. First off, Google is going to be coughing up $700 million as part of the deal. They've also agreed to let app developers offer different payment options to users. Basically, they're trying to keep everyone happy. Oh, and it gets easier for people to download apps from other places other than the Google Play Store on Android devices too. They're opening themselves up if you ask me. Now, critics did have a bone to pick with Google saying they are overcharging customers with extra fees for in-app purchases. So basically, Google's agreed to pay $630 million to a fund for customers and another $70 million to a fund for the States. Now, if all goes well legally, eligible customers might see at least $2 back in their pockets, with some getting more based on what they've been up to, basically, on Google Play, as far back as 2016 through to now. Uh, Google's VP of Government Affairs, Wilson White, has said that this settlement is more about giving people more choice on Android while trying to keep things safe and secure. And This isn't the first time that Google's faced some heat. They've been accused of playing a bit too rough in the tech playground, as it were. And this settlement is just one of the ways that, they're, um, that we're seeing that they're basically they're trying to smooth things over. You know, Google's Play Store is a big deal for apps and app developers. But the way it charges developers and users have had people raising eyebrows, which has caused all of this. For instance, Google usually takes a 15% fee from app makers for customer payments on subscriptions... And up to 30% for purchases in popular apps. Now, with this settlement, those fees might get a trim, especially when app makers handle their own transactions. But here's the thing you might not see a drop in fees as a customer, because app developers could just keep the discount for themselves, I meaning they make a bit more money. Now, this whole situation comes hot off the heels of Epic Games the creators of Fortnite, winning a case against Google. And let's face it, Google have got a lot more legal battles on their plate, with lawsuits poking at its search, digital advertising practices and more. It's a bit of a wild world out there for Google right now. Uh, Next up, there's been a big issue in the world of video games. The people who made Spider-Man 2 for the PS5 have been hit by hackers. A ransomware attack asking for a whopping $2 million from Insomniac, which is the studio owned by Sony that made the, place, uh, the uh, Spider-Man games. Basically, they want the $2 million to keep their information under wraps. But guess what? Since then, stuff about future games, and even a sneak peek at Insomniac's upcoming Wolverine game, have popped up online. News outlets have reached out to Sony for the inside scoop. But right now, Sony are keeping mum. Now, the leaked info seems to include some private stuff about employees and even some other internal emails. Other game developers, journalists and fans weren't too thrilled about this. Uh, Remedy Games, the team working on Alan Wake 2, have sent some sympathy to the affected people over at Insomniac, basically calling the hacker's move a disgrace. Uh, The Wolverine game, which I just mentioned, is still a bit of a mystery with just a teaser trailer from 2021 and a promise that it'll be uh, more on the mature side uh, when you compare it to uh, the Spider-Man games. Uh, The culprits behind this mess are the Reseda Group. I mentioned them a few weeks ago. They are a ransomware group. They also took credit for the attack on the British Library, which I covered a few episodes ago. Um, And basically how it works is they're using software to infect a company's computers, they lock up all the files and then demand the money to unlock them. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. Last month, details about GTA 6 from Rockstar Games was leaked online, forcing an early release of the official trailer. Thanks to another group of hackers who have also messed with Uber and Nvidia, the uh, graphics card maker. Finally, we've got a bit of a problem in the NHS. For those watching or listening that live outside of the UK, the NHS is basically the UK's health service. So BBC News have reported that people who keep an eye on patient safety are saying that something needs to happen and something needs to change uh, to fix numerous IT issues that are now starting to affect patients and it needs to be done as soon as possible. The safety watchdog has serious evidence that IT problems are causing harm to patients even leading to some people unfortunately passing away. The UK government have gone, yep, this is a worry, and they're teaming up with NHS England to sort things out and make sure patients are protected. Now the watchdog called the Health Services Safety Investigations Body, the HSSIB, pointed out that lots of hospital letters weren't sent out due to computer troubles. The head of the watchdog, Dr Rosie Bennyworth, has said that these computer issues are a big deal in almost every investigation that they perform. She's talking about software that's not set up correctly or set up properly and not used properly, which is causing problems because the systems don't talk to each other. They don't get along. Lots of different siloed data. They've seen serious harm to patients because of these computer issues. For example, someone who was diagnosed with lung cancer didn't get the follow-up they needed because of these IT problems and unfortunately passed away. Another patient got the wrong medication due to an electronic mix-up and again, unfortunately died 18 days later. This is scary, right? The watchdog wants the NHS to step in and give guidance to all healthcare groups on how to improve the way staff access crucial patient information. They're saying that they need action fast so more patients don't get hurt. Now, some big hospitals like St. Guy's and St Thomas's in London, they had a total meltdown last summer when their IT systems crashed due to the heat wave. Operations got cancelled and patients were put at risk because doctors couldn't get to their medical records. Now, a retired uh, transplant surgery professor, Nizam Mahmoud, I hope I've said your name right, they're saying that IT problems are a massive issue and the NHS needs to sort it out quickly. He's worried about mistakes and harm happening because of these computer hiccups. The BBC talked to a gentleman called Martin Dor, who basically had a real shocker. He'd been waiting weeks for medical results and he found out via his NHS app that he had three serious conditions, one of which was uh, cancer. The thing is, his GP said that these conditions weren't on his record. It turns out that a nurse had made a mistake and added a prostate cancer diagnosis purely by accident. The NHS Trust have said that it was a human error, not an IT problem. But obviously Martin would have had a tough time dealing with all the confusion. So yeah, it's a bit of a mess with NHS computers. Everyone's saying they'll need to be fixed, like yesterday. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up to solve this gargantuan problem, because that's what it is. It's just a gargantuan mess. But that's it for the news. Let's move on to the brain dump. It's time for the brain dump. So brain dump time. As it is Christmas very, very soon, I thought rather than talk about tech stuff in the brain dump, this one is going to be a bit more general, a bit more business focused. So I've got five things you should be doing before you close for Christmas. Now, this is not an exhaustive list by any means, and they're not in any particular order. And in honesty, these things could and probably should be done at any time throughout the year. And if they're not already, should be built into your processes. Number one, have you announced your closure dates? Get the message out about your closing dates with minimal effort. Add it to your email signature, your invoices and quotes. Make it part of your newsletter. Print it in your Christmas cards to your clients. Social media posts, the lot. You can also just include it in a short email to your clients, suppliers, staff, customers and vendors. And when staff do finish for their break, make sure they've got an out of office set up with details of an alternative contact if if needed. But don't forget, you also want to make sure that you update your website, your Google My Business account. If you've got an online store or a support site, make sure they can. you've got the closure dates there as well. Even if it's just using some sort of temporary pop-up. Tell customers in person where you can and don't forget to add it to your voicemail greetings on your phone systems. Whatever you do, don't plaster it on your premises for all to see. Consider saying something like, call us for our holiday hours. That way, you're not inviting burglars to your site when they know it's going to be unattended. Number two, back up your servers and turn off equipment. So you want to double check that your backup cycle for your computers and servers occurs just before and just after your shutdown. Schedule your off-site backup to ensure it's picked up early. Instruct your IT team to contact who to contact, sorry, if there's a problem, and ensure your answering service updates callers on when issues will be fixed as well. You may think you'll need to switch off all office equipment, but there are some that you should really leave on. Things like your security systems, your refrigeration units, phone systems, fax machines, servers. Number three, cybersecurity training and awareness. You want to be reminding employees of cybersecurity best practices, and provide any necessary training. Emphasise the importance of vigilance against phishing attempts or other cyber threats that may target the business before, during, and after this holiday season. But you might also want to remind them it's not just their work accounts they need to keep secure, but their personal accounts too. Number four, remote access. If your teams need to access company systems remotely during the holidays, make sure remote access tools and virtual private network connections are tested and fully operational. This helps to maintain productivity and security for remote workers. And if you are enabling remote access over the holidays, make sure your IT person, your IT department or your outsourced MSP are aware because monitoring never stops. And if they see remote access and they're not expecting any, they may close that connection down, meaning your team can't work remotely if they need to. And finally, number five. This one's all about money. If you have invoices that are outstanding, get them paid. Nobody wants to wait forever for payment. Likewise, if you've got invoices due to go out during the closure, Make the decision to either send them out before you close or after you reopen. And if you need to, make sure you communicate this with your clients either way. That's it for the brain dump. Let's move on to the tip. Our tip of the episode. It's a really quick and easy tip this time. I basically just want you to go back to the brain dump, listen to it again, work through the list and make sure you've done them all before you close for Christmas. Super quick episode this time, and we are at the end of this episode. Thank you for watching or listening. I hope you found it insightful. Um, I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. I do have that one small favour to ask. I keep asking because nobody does it. If you've enjoyed this episode, even if you haven't, let me know. Leave a comment on YouTube or a review on your podcast platform of choice. It's the only way I can get better. If you haven't already, give us a like and a subscribe on the podcast platform or wherever you get it and on YouTube. I really, really appreciate everybody that follows. I've been Tony, the IT Smart Guy. I want to say have a fantastic Christmas and New Year and I will see you again next year. Have a good one.